Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Right, hello. <laughs> How's it going? This is Wrestle Culture. Uh, not as good at anything as Adam Wilborn is. Uh, if you're hearing my voice, you know I don't do songs. Uh, I don't bow to peer pressure. And even if I did, how could I possibly follow up on the wonderful uh, rap, the Fresh Prince thing that uh, Adam Nicholas did the other week? If you missed that one, go back and listen to it. And the quiz on that show as well. You're in for an absolute treat. Uh, gents, either of you fancy a song? Fancy a quick... Quick, I got uh, no songs in me. All right. Phil's got more dulcet tones than I do. All right. <laughs> well, no song this week. Sorry, friends. Uh, if you want a refund, well, you're not getting one because the podcast's free. Uh, Andy here. Andy Murray. Uh, here with <laughs> Just Phil. In case you didn't know. <laughs> Just, yeah, you know, all those Andys. Well, Will Osprey thinks we have more than one. I guess we have <laughs> yeah, us. We have an Andrew. And he wants as to well. wrestle one of them. <laughs> yeah. He, who's he going to fight? I think he'd. Uh, Definitely stand a stronger, stronger chance of beating me up than Andrew Pollard. Andrew Pollard is a gigantic this is true. man. This is very um, true. Very Bruised. friendly. He is, man. Brothers, he'll get Pollard you. Taller than Will- I think Todd Pollard's taller than Osprey. I think he is, yeah. He's verging on Wilborn height, Pollard. Yeah. I've met both in real life, and Pollard is taller. Yeah. Mm, very large man, very friendly, lovely guy. Uh, Sidgwick's here as and well. And nicer. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, hi Will, if you're listening um, Obviously he is Right, I guess, uh, blah blah blah, usual blurb About getting your podcast wherever you get your podcast from iTunes, Spotify The local chipper We do reviews, previews, interviews, content All that stuff, lists, Fiend The Fiend, he's here uh, And we're going to start We're just going to. As come- you can tell, we're really professional Yeah, we're, it's wrestle culture, who cares, who cares, who cares uh, Wilborn's not here, he's on holiday He doesn't deserve uh he doesn't deserve his words to be regurgitated by a pro like me. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a chaotic podcast. Unfortunately, we've got some chaotic news to cover this week. Uh, I will say before we kicked things off, uh, briefly ran the idea of going over Bobby Fish's recent Impact Wrestling run. Uh, <laughs> ran that by Michael Sidgwick, but we decreed it a little bit too mean to go over. Maybe a year from now, we can all look back on where is the lie. And uh, <laughs> folks... <laughs> Where's the line? Well, is it hot in here or is it just all the heat that's on me lately? We'll, we'll maybe you genuinely have no idea how many times that's been played in the What Culture Office. Oh, <laughs> man. It's, it's absolutely out of control. I had to go back and find this specific point in Victory Road earlier just to get that wonderful promo up. But hey, shout outs to Bobby Fish. He's doing well, man. He's doing well. Um, 
Actually, it's a pretty effective segue, this, uh, because we're going to talk about CM Punk. From one fish to another. There you go. From a fish to a fill. Um, CM Punk. Filet o fish. Hey, there it is. There's something there. There we go. Who do you reckon would win in the shoot fight? Oh, that's the big question. Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish would batter Obviously CM Bobby Punk. Fish. Bobby Fish has got explosive hips and CM Punk has got lead in his ass. <laughs> Bobby Fish, lest we forget, has the most, sorry, he's the owner of the most educated feet in pro wrestling. Bobby Fish also has the better punk rock theme song than CM Punk. Mmm, interesting. You going for a... Uh, you going for what? What's the band that does "I Am Bobby Fish"? Damn Valentine's. You going for them over AFI? Mm. Well, AFI are probably the more renowned punk band, but Miseria Cantare isn't really a punk no, song. No. It's quite operatic. CM yes. Punk didn't really get it, did he? No. More, CM like, more like CM Rock. <laughs> CM Funk Rock. CM Butt Rock. <laughs> CM, eh? Funk rock yeah. <laughs> CM Creed. Um, Almost kill switch engage. <laughs> Metal core maybe. Or? NW, what would what they call it? NWOAHM, New Wave of American Heavy Metal. There, there you go. go. Them, while their bands were in that movement. Roadrunner uh, Records, everything on Roadrunner Records. Go. God forbid they were there. Shadows Fall. Shadows Fall, of course. Uh, their lead guitar player now plays Namfrax. Nice. Glow Up. Not know that. I love it. Chimera, um, of course. There you go. Chimera, <laughs> God. The genre. Chimera was the name of my high school uh, attic band. Comprehensive School Attic Band. Get it. Nice. Uh, we did a cover of Bomb Track by Rage Against the Machine. Obviously. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Instrumental. You just played that over and over again. Just played that over and over again. Uh, never played a gig. And uh, yeah, got the name off Mission Impossible 2, which clearly they did as well. Of course. <laughs> of course. Our band was called Riomstu, which was an anagram of random interjection of minds superior to the thoughts of others. That is the most pretentious thing I've ever heard in my life. We just did uh, covers of System of Down songs and never played a gig. (laughs) God almighty. (laughs) Mine was a lot lamer than that and I will not go into it. Um, Did you play, Phil? Guitar. (laughs) I played bass. Nice. There we go. We've got a... Terribly. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know your terrible college bands on Twitter. That's a lot of pressure on you on Bomb Track as well, if that's the one song you play, because it's straight away. There we go. Told you we'd have a song. We got one. CM Punk. Great wrestling podcast. This. It is, man. It is. Come for the nonsense. Stay for the astute analysis. Um, so there's a report in the Wrestling Observer today, and I know this isn't a serious news show or whatever, but... It's the biggest thing we've had pretty much since Wade Keller said in September that the belief is that CM Punk is not coming back to wrestle for AEW. I'm going to read you the latest exactly as Dave wrote it. So forgive things. Uh, It's exactly (laughs) as Dave wrote it. Um, AEW is in talks with CM Punk about the future right now, and it looks doubtful he will be back. Those with close knowledge of the situation say... Uh, They are in talks with Punk about a buyout of the remaining years of his contract, which tells you that they are not looking to bring him back. The holdup right now is said to be the non-compete period. Obviously, if the non-compete is an issue, it's about interest in going to WWE because there's no need for a non-compete. Otherwise, because nobody else but AEW and WWE can pay him close to what he was making. And before we dive into that... I promised you a, a big Dave line on this on this podcast. So from the the man who once claimed that Wade Barrett was filming a movie in blighty England, um, <laughs> and also that Katsuyori Shibata's brain was removed from his skull during Classic an operation. 
Here's here's Dave on the investigation to what happened at All Out. Um, Ace Steel was released on the 17th of October, my birthday, by the way, thank you very much, uh, stemming from the brawl on uh, the 4th of September after All Out when he allegedly hit Nick Jackson in the face with a steel chair, <laughs> bit Kenny Omega in helping CM Punk, who had punched Matt Jackson. Lucy Guy, that's Ace Steel's wife, uh, was backstage with a broken foot taking care of CM Punk's dog, Larry who was never spoken with regarding the investigation. That's <laughs> one of the absolute <laughs> best run-on sentences of his career. It's phenomenal. Before we talk punk, a bit of Melter chaos, how about we all come up with our favourite Melterisms and just clangers of the past? Like, we love Dave Melter. Well, I do. But anyway, he just opened up a whole new world of professional wrestling to me, expanded my knowledge and all the rest of it. But the man has his quirks, and his quirks are quirks are brilliant. I think the favorite of the top of my head was when discussing um, the appeal, or perhaps lack thereof, of Montitis O'Neill. He just said, oh, you know, he's tall, he's got a good look. He goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> remember that one yeah. it's just absolutely golden it was the delivery wasn't it it was uh, <laughs> it's just it did not break his usual cadence of conversation no effort whatsoever just he goes he's just a masterpiece of a man is Dave Meltzer like yeah, when Alistair Black hopped onto Twitch to discuss his WWE release and certain what he perceived to be mistruths about his run and status, and he kind of contradicted himself from one spiel to the next. Dave Meltzer point this, pointed this out and went, do you even fucking think? <laughs> and it was just absolutely brilliant. I love Dave's idiosyncrasies as well. Um, I love him and Brian in general. They'll bring something up, and Brian will be desperate on the podcast to get on to the next point, and Dave will insist on consulting his notes. Uh, and, I need to get my notes. And he spends a good minute ruffling through these papers or something, which shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone who's ever seen that photo of his office. <laughs> um, but there's two that stick out for me when it comes to Dave just being a weird guy. Uh, number one is uh, when he said, the most memorable moments in my life are uh, Fry versus Takiyama, something else, and sex with people who aren't my wife. <laughs> Absolutely majestic. What? Absolutely majestic. I also love his runner about um, a certain match that he enjoyed greatly when he attended in person a show um, at PWG. And he talks about this all the time. And I think that one day, right, Jack Perry, picture this hypothetical scenario. Jack Perry is um, confronted with an alien invasion. First time it's ever happened. An alien invasion, and it's AEW star, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and he defeats all of them single-handedly, and it's quite literally the biggest news story in all of the history of the world. Dave Meltzer would write this up, and somewhere, appropriate of nothing, he would say, yeah, Jack Perry had a great match with Jake Atlas and PWG. <laughs> that I thought was really great. <laughs> I do have one more. A tweet sent by Dave on the 20th of March, 2015. It's always stuck with me, this. Oh, it's great. I, I won't swear, but it's quite hard not to. This is Dave. She disrespected my friends who are my family. If you F with my family, you're effed. Right? Which is... Marvelous out of context. It's a Ronda Rousey quote from her time in the UFC. 
But you see this quote, you see his little face on the avatar. You see this 55-year-old man, like he's cutting a promo on someone. I love Dave. What a guy, man. What a guy. Say what you will about him. Um, But I I echo Sidgwick's points on enriching my wrestling experience and uh, gives us plenty to laugh about every now and then as well. Um, There's a good quiz in there somewhere. Oh, Oh, there is. Dave Dave or no Dave. Let's go. There it is. On CM Punk, like, look, I know that Cody Rhodes built a kind of, not a persona, it was more than just, I'm doing better without WWE and we need to challenge WWE. He returned to WWE as Punk might or want to on the basis of this report, and it was fine. He just debuted and got loads of cheers, and then he was on Raw the next week, and he completely revised his own history and motivations, and everyone just bought it because he's a star, and people were happy to see a star in a new context. It has to be different for Punk. Does it not? He's so popular and so over. Someone once described them on Twitter or on a podcast, and I wish I could remember this person because I would shout them out because it's such a perfect, succinct, and insightful take. CM Punk is wrestling's ex, where you don't know how much you miss him. You want to love and hate him at the same time because of the way he's let you down, I guess. It's very parasocial, but he's just such a genius. But will WWE fans ever forgive him? For going back, will if that goes sour, which it probably would, would he have absolutely no friends left? Would he be the Michael Owen of professional wrestling? Because you know how Michael Owen left Liverpool and then went to Man U and everyone at Newcastle hates him and no one at Real Madrid has a firm opinion one way or the yeah, other. Yeah. And he's left with just, oh, he was great for a few years and then he went bad and then he's a complete cock. That could be, <laughs> that could be CM Punk's legacy in professional wrestling. Um, but, you know, as Meltzer points out, he's got mates there or supporters there in um, high-ranking guys at that with Adam Pearce and Paul Heyman. Like, could you ever see it happen? Um, there's a Jekyll and Hyde Andy Murray reaction to this, as there often is to serious things in pro wrestling. Uh, so which one's the bad one? Hyde's the bad one, right? <laughs> Jekyll, put on my serious hat for a second. Um, yes, I could see it happening. Um CM Punk's a petty man. <laughs> and I could absolutely see him going, uh, Paul, we will put aside our issues. Give me a big bag. I'm going to shoot, brother. As ill-advised as that may seem, I think that would be a terrible idea. Going there with that motivation would 100% end in tears, even quicker than the AEW thing ended in tears. It'd be terrible. Uh, I, whatever else might come of it, I think that... It's it's sad that his AEW run is going to end this way because I thought it was a brilliant year of TV. It's a masterpiece. Fantastic year of TV. Uh, look, I welcome diversity of thought when it comes to wrestling opinions, but you're not going to successfully convince me that this was not a <laughs> phenomenal year of TV, removing all the all-out stuff from it, which you can't really as part of the wider conversation. But that's my Jekyll reaction. That's my serious reaction. My hide one is that, hell yeah, put him in the main event against Roman at WrestleMania yeah. because the chaos would be sensational. You uh, you got to think as well, like all of these kind of WWE comebacks or anything, they've all got Triple H behind them. Like he's got his gubby little fingertips over everything and he's bringing back all his boys. CM Punk was never his boy, was he? So no. That's a, a big if there as to whether CM Punk now hates AEW enough to make friends again with Triple H, yeah. who he also hates. That's it's so like, which one does he hate yes. the most yes. Yes. to do this? Uh, but it is like, he has, he's got this desperate need to be perceived as the top guy like, wherever he is, which is obviously the chip on his shoulder that came from WWE and him never, ever getting that spot. And don't get me wrong, in AWE, 100% deserved it. Like, that run he had was genuinely incredible. Like, he was the biggest star at that time. He deserved to be the champion. Um, but going back to WWE, I think, if anything now, there's... 
space for it in WWE. Like you've got Roman Reigns, but who else is there? Obviously, Cody Rhodes came in and came in massively hot um, and was sort of catapulted, but he was not at the top. He probably would have been by now if he didn't get injured and probably will still get there at some point. But there's definitely a space for a, a big top guy, even if it's like just on Raw, not on SmackDown kind of thing. You've got Roman and Bray on SmackDown, Raw a little bit light on top guys at the minute so there's definitely space in WWE I could definitely see it happening but it's again that spite thing who does he hate the most is he willing to build a bridge back together that he's already burnt (laughs) multiple times before just mad as well like we I know this is a light-hearted podcast so I don't want to like bring down the tone but CM Punk experienced significant mental health issues while working with WWE. And if you examine the content of his first dance promo, those scars are irreversible. Yep. They have clearly not healed. They potentially never will. So there's that to consider as well. A big catalyst for what led to what happened in AEW as well. Like if he's still guarded against that kind of thing happening again, it probably makes him more open to that happening again, if that makes sense. It's just odd. But then the story indicates that if there is something with the buyout clause, but then someone said on Twitter, like it might be Punk saying, you know what? Give me a longer one. Mm. You know? Yeah. If I'm like, I don't want to go back there, but I could have you over a barrel if I want. So just pay me more than the end of my contract. That could be it as well. He could want a longer paid no compete for all we know. Because it's not like Impact's going to show up and go, hey, mate, here's several millions of dollars for yeah, a year. Yeah. You know, um, they don't have those resources. New Japan won't have those resources. Um, Dave's right. There are literally only two wrestling companies that are going to be able to afford the guy. And I've seen like romantic ideas, perhaps, of Punk like doing tours of various smaller promotions. Mm, I don't know where they're getting that cash from, brothers. Uh, this is a very expensive man. The ultimate for me genuinely because he's such a great wrestling mind and he could tell that his fingerprints were all over the MGF feud which was potentially the greatest one of the entire 21st century start to finish I preferred Mm. uh, Punk uh, sorry Hangman Omega but I can absolutely see why people preferred um, MGF Punk the absolute ideal pipe dream scenario for me would be a Punk led consortium buying Ring of Honor from Tony Khan Mm. and Punk booking it and being the top star for like two years before passing the torch. Maybe that could be his payoff. Give me, give me Ring of Honor. I'd, 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 I'd absolutely love to see a CM yeah. Punk booked wrestling promotion. I think it would be superb. Be That's the thing with like the indie independent scene at the minute. Like when Cody left, or like even when Pac left or something. Like they had those things to go back to. Like Cody went off and did the Ring of Honor thing, and um, Pac like was desperate to get back to Dragon's Gate because that was like where he first got his big start. Like. Punk's first big start was Ring of Honor, so it's owned by Tony Khan, so there's nothing else there. Even if it was just a sort of him wanting to fall in love with wrestling again, like just going off and doing his own thing. There's nothing there for him. Very limited options for a man who uh, doesn't so much burn bridges. It it drops napalm on them, doesn't (laughs) it? He's someone else. He's he's box office in every single aspect, uh, CM Punk. Causes as many problems as he does creates great things. Uh, We'll have the I want a young with work with young talent thing hanging over his head now for ages because he beat every young talent he wrestled. <laughs> um, regardless of, you know, that that's a base level. He you can he unquestionably elevated people like MJF and Darby when he worked with them, I think. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's a wild, wild few months it has been. I really wish it hadn't panned out this way, but it has. And now him and his little bitey man uh, appear to be on the way. <laughs> Ace steals a weird dude, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> it looks like there's a dog living underneath his skin yeah. is the best take I think I've ever read. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Did you see the wee snippet from Ace Steel this week where obviously last week he posted, uh, was it the Blues Brothers on his locked socials? Yeah. Freedom, all of that stuff. He got released this week on my birthday. What a gift. Um, somebody on Dave Meltzer's message board, the board, posted, oh, well, maybe this happened earlier because he posted the song. Maybe we're just hearing about it now. Dave replied, no, actually, A Steel was really surprised and thought he was coming back. What? <laughs> you bit a man? You bit a man? He had a mark on his arm for a week? <laughs> the funny thing about that is the only thing that vaguely would have kept A Steel in AEW was the idea that. Tony Khan wanted to keep Punk around and yeah. would have risked upsetting him by firing his mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, an idiot. He doesn't look like the cleverest guy in the world, does he? He, <laughs> he literally, lo- literally looks like a canine. I quite enjoyed Jim Ross on this podcast going, yeah, he did a good job. It's a shame he had to lose his job. I'm like, mm, okay, Jim. <laughs> um, let's move on. Yes. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Stick with AEW. Another less serious kind of thing in that it doesn't involve one of your biggest stars leaving the company. But what this Athena thing that kicked off this week, right? we got to talk about this because we talk about all the crazy stuff, right? So this was a, a match recorded for last week. Last week in Toronto that aired on this week's Dark Elevation on Monday. Athena versus Jodie Brett. On the paper, indie wrestler coming in, doing a standard Dark Elevation style match, although it's Jodie's hometown in Toronto, so it's a little different. So clips started going around, and I, I must say very selectively picked clips um, of Athena working stiff and kicking ass, big strikes. She puts Jody to the outside. There's a shotgun, shotgun, shotgun drop kick to the barrier that is one of the hardest I've literally ever seen. Like yeah. the snap is incredible. Um, it's wild. And it goes borderline viral in our space, at least. And we get some input from some of the absolute worst people in the wrestling sphere. Rich Mantel. 
Well, I, I was going to say a lot of old white men. Um, it should be pointed out. Uh, Road, Road dog. dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> commenting on these clips of Athena in bad faith, blah, 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 blah. Sean Ross Sapp comes through with the scoop for Fightful Select, uh, talking about how Jody had actually slipped at one point. Uh, she'd asked Athena where they were in the match. Athena started working heel uh, towards the beginning because Jody got this incredible reaction in Toronto. They were chanting her name. It was good. Smart stuff. Adjust. Um... They were spoken to afterwards by AEW management because AEW management felt that Athena got a little bit too aggressive, but Jody had no problem with the physical, the physicality, the escalation. She was, she was fine. She was good. Um, you got to watch this match, right? Because it's awesome. Yeah, like one, it's loads of fun. Obviously, yep. <laughs> two, if you've only seen the clips on social media and you're sitting there going, "No, actually, Road Dog was right," uh, you're not getting the full context of this match, man. It's like. It, 90% of this is the most cooperative thing in the world. They're doing scoop slams and little exchanges and stuff. The spot that's being held up as Athena taking liberties is a hanging vertical suplex that she then puts Jodie to the outside with. Now, Jodie takes a bit of a nasty, but it's a hard bump on the outside. But you can't hit a shoot hanging vertical <laughs> suplex on someone. It just doesn't work. That person would sandbag and hit the deck and it'd be fine. Um... They're clearly cooperating despite the rough bump. And after the shotgun dropkick, which was the hardest thing of the, the the whole match, Athena goes, she does some teal, like playing to the crowd and stuff. And she goes to speak to, she clearly says something to Jody, who smiles, like grins back, clearly loving this. And mouth, now I'm not a lip reader, but if I was, I would guess that she was saying, I love it. Just watch the clip. While all this is going on afterwards, she helps her to her feet, raises her hand. Storming a teacup this week, boys. Um... But kind of good to have that that Fightful report clearing it up. And I think uh, a good opportunity to express the importance of watching things in their full context uh, and not listening to racist white men. <laughs> Words to live by. <laughs> Words to live by. My take on this, and I'll keep it as succinct as possible. Certain people of the ilk of your, your Dutch mantels say the same thing about modern professional wrestling all of the time as a grift. They say that... It's lacking in the soul of what wrestling used to be. It doesn't look like it hurts, and it's overly choreographed. What Athena and... <laughs> sorry, what was the name of the... Jody uh, Threat. Jody Threat and Athena. What they did in that ring on Dark Elevation was they called a match in the ring, pivoted as a result of the audience reaction and then worked a different match in accordance with what the crowd wanted, read the audience, played around with the audience, called it, and that match looked like it really hurt. That is legitimately everything I've been told from these people that they want in a professional wrestling match. So what could there possibly have a problem? <laughs> What's the problem? It's also an established star shining a light on and getting attention to and putting over in a, in a way yeah. a brand new person that not yep. many people had ever heard before. It's a, it's win-wins across the board with this. But what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> what is the problem? What is the problem when, uh, if this plays out on Dark Elevation and it's Dax Harwood going over Brandon Cutler, they get a bit neat and tidy. These clips aren't making it to social media, are they? It's quite Actually, not that long ago, Seamus and Gunther absolutely yeah. destroyed each other in Cardiff. Like, absolute annihilation to the point of, like, 
this is probably going too far. This shouldn't. Yep. Yeah. This does not need to be the stiff. It was amazing. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I absolutely great. loved it. Uh, it's one of my matches of the year. But it, you did not need to be that stiff, and that was genuinely, genuinely stiff. This well it didn't even come close to that. But yet, there's still a problem. What's the problem? What's the problem here, guys? <laughs> Turn it into something positive. <laughs> I will say it made me watch. Something on Dark Elevation for the first time since, I think, the first ever Dark Elevation. <laughs> so this week's Dark Elevation, boys, was actually really fun. Like, from, from start to finish, there's a really good tag in the women's division. Uh, Emi Sakura and Serena Deeb uh, kicking all kinds of ass. They rule. Um, there's the Butcher and the Blade beating up a couple of TikTokers. Incredible. <laughs> these, these wee guys they're facing, I think the Voros twins, uh, yeah. they do TikTok stuff, they do some wrestling and stuff. Imagine the most social media people in the world then getting beaten up by these ferocious awesome. beasts. <laughs> awesome. You got this match. You got Satnam Singh, my guy, doing big guy <laughs> stuff. It's a great time. But uh, yeah, to kind of turn this into a positive a bit. I will say I was very impressed with Jodie Frett. I've loved her stuff on the indies, the brief matches I've seen here and there. But she gave a good account of herself. But Athena... Never seen her kind of show this level of like heel expressionism. Like she was strutting around the ring like she owed it. She owned it. Um, I never felt like she was doing too much. I never felt like it was over the top, like it was veering into Gargano territory. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> For me personally. Um, I thought she she looked great. And I hope, you know, I hope we don't have this kind of stupid conversation again, but I hope she continues in this path. I think Athena's been great on TV of late as well. Um, in the tag and the four-way after the Jade match at All Out, which is also really good for what it was. I think her individual performance level warrants a real, real push. Generally, I think she's been class. Like I She think- looks crisp. <laughs> she looked like she was carrying the lack of confidence of recovering from a knee issue and she was framed in WWE as an absolute geek as well. She looks like a performer reborn for me. I think as well, like when she did that first podcast after uh, being released from WWE, was it Chris Van Vliet that she did it with? I can't remember now. So Um, when she was talking about how like WWE wanted them to be more sexy and things like that, like all the way through that, all of her problems that she had with WWE was a lot of it about them not allowing the women to be themselves, like do like the, this kind of thing in the ring. Uh, like this was the kind of character and person that she wanted to show throughout WWE all that time. Yeah. And she's finally kind of getting that freedom to do it now. So I think this is like the Athena that's been wanting to come out for a really, really, really long time, finally making its way and getting a light shone on it. And I think that's that can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to see more awesome stuff. Uh, and I hope Jody gets another booking for yep. Dark Elevation or whatever. Maybe put her over someone, see what she can do in that role. It was awesome. Um, boys, it's Fiend Hour. Uh, <laughs> you got, got to talk about the flipping Fiend, right? Um, so since the last time there was a wrestling culture, he's obviously come back. He's He's been on SmackDown. He's sad now. He is. He is a sad guy. <laughs> he's got the t-shirt and everything. It was kind of like Wyndham Rotunda speaking to you through the guise of Bray Wyatt and then the Uncle Howdy mask came on at the end and it's kind of the idea that he's not been able to show who he really is and all of this stuff because the devil, he, he sold his soul to the devil and that's where all the previous stuff comes comes from. First of all, boys, I want, I want us to get to the really important stuff here because there's probably a commentary on, you know, what he's been through the past year. He's obviously had some really rough, rough times uh, that you would never wish on anyone and uh, he's gone through a lot. Um, he's come back in and, and probably under the wing of someone he trusts a lot more to book him in Triple H and uh, at the second time of the day I've forgotten the gentleman's name but the gentleman with the horror movie background who they've brought in to work creatively with him so he's in a much better position good conversations to have on all that but 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 the biggest issue for me boys is the the entrance theme what's going on (laughs) explain this song to me right 
I've repeated this. I'm sorry. I've been on a lot of podcasts this week, guys. It's like, <laughs> it's so lame. <laughs> it's so cringeworthy. The idea, and they are kind of legitimately through the mouths of Code Orange screaming it in your face, <laughs> is that Bray Wyatt is like, it's a good man, actually. He's a good man. He's had his demons, and they're manifested now, and he's literally battling them on screen. It's just so cheesy, this theme of, like, <laughs> triumph. Death for me, brother. Love one another. The Fiend is a hippie. That's ultimately what's happened now. The Fiend is a hippie, and that is his new character. It's mm. funeral for a friend meets corn. <laughs> yes. It's full-on emo new metal, and I am here for it. It's honest. like a Woodstock 69X Woodstock 99 hybrid. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really weird as well, because it, it, when, it, when it first started hitting, I heard, like, the... The, the 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 piano hits or the keys or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is like, they're going for a John Carpenter kind of thing here. And then there was just some drums that were like, boom, 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 boom. And I was like, oh, right, okay, someone's got head PE and we're going new metal. And then it just went, die for me, brother. I didn't know what to make of it. It's weird as well, because like his previous two themes were extremely well received by everyone, right? Yeah. Live in fear, great, different atmosphere in the arena, not not bombastic, more like the atmosphere's coming in, you got the fireflies, you got the lantern, it's boom, 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 boom. It's good stuff. Uh, and, and then the Code Orange song, it's the bloody fiend. It's a All that fit the fiend really well. This is interesting, and I'd be key to know what the listeners think of this one. Is it? Does everyone hate it? Does everyone love it? Are we on an island? I don't know. We're on an island. <laughs> Probably. The metal I, thing about this is they haven't actually released a song yet, and what the hell are you playing at? Like, surely, as SmackDown was on, I said this to Murray before, they should have been waiting for The Fiend to come out, for Bray Wyatt to come out, and then that moment press publish on the song. Yes. And that song would have flew, and they would have made so much money. I don't understand how they've done that. No. Yeah, silly Code Orange. Uh, Shout-outs <laughs> to Code Orange, by the way. Yeah, the past couple of albums, they've kind of moved in this, like, kind of almost new metal-y direction. It isn't entirely to my taste, but the earlier stuff is Code Orange Kids. Great stuff. Shout-outs to those guys. Just not sure about this one, my friends. Um, but yeah, he's back. He's going to be on SmackDown tonight. I wonder what he'll do. <laughs> tell you what, Great right. reaction. Tell you what, everyone knows I just prefer AEW. It's more catered to my tastes. The first thing I'm going to do when I wake up tomorrow, shaking off a little minor Mai Tai hangover, <laughs> just make a cup of tea and just go straight to the YouTube. I watched the show in full. Actually, do I have to review it? No, I won't watch a show in full because <laughs> um, I'm off on Monday. But I'm going to go on YouTube and see what he does. Yeah. That's the thing with all of the very bright bits so far, like the initial debut and then the thing on SmackDown. Each one has just left you going, well, I want huh? to know what happens next just because you're confused about anything. And whatever it is, I think if they're going for the angle of him versus himself and it's like hey, he's wanting to bring out the lightness in himself, but it keeps on getting brought down by this darkness kind of thing. You can probably drag that on for quite a while without it getting too boring, I imagine. The, 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 the thing is the payoff in the end and how they figure that out or when it all comes together. The only way it's going to work, and I've tried to wrap my head around this, is he going to fight someone in a howdy mask? Yeah. The only way this will work is if WWE can somehow buy Brian Danielson's contract from out of AEW because <laughs> if it's a singles match they're going to go with, the only thing that's going to work is Danielson. Like we know that. We know this. Let's. Uh, I mean, folks, where is the line? 
<laughs> I'm fairly certain, right, if you go back and watch why it's run, not as the fiend. <laughs> fiend. I'm fairly certain he probably at one point had a pretty good by modern standards hell in a cell with Roman. I might have made that up. I think he had a decent last man standing with Cena as well. Like shortcuts, plunder brawl, bray. Yes, he can do it. But they're then, all multi-member. All of the Wyatt family yeah. matches were great. Like the Wyatt yes. family versus the Shield yeah. and those kind yes. of things. They were all great. Yeah, and Luke Harper was the best by a mile yeah. from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it was uh, Eric Rowan, and then it was Bray Wyatt. <laughs> but nonetheless, those matches were fantastic. And he's done very good or engaging plunder stuff with shortcuts. But if they are trying to do Bray Wyatt versus Uncle Howdy, you better get Brian Danielson because <laughs> otherwise, I'm not sure. I reckon they might do a fire, Firefly Funhouse match. But instead of Bray Wyatt tormenting all these versions of John Cena, it's all these versions of Bray Wyatt tormenting Bray Wyatt. Mm. Puppeteered by Uncle Howdy. He's fighting the fiend, obviously. That wonderful fiend that we saw at Extreme Rules at ringside. <laughs> Michael Sidgwick pointed out, plastic hair. Yeah. Interesting. Huskis, <laughs> uh, the, the rabbit that I always call rampant rabbit. What's it called? Rabbit. Rambling. Rambling rabbit. All of those things. Mercy the buzzard. Fight all those beasts. I want to see a massive guy in a wee crow costume try to fight a wrestler. I love the idea of them doing this, but realizing, well, we have to sell tickets because why, why it's a draw them doing the cinematic match, but like is a live action gauntlet. Oh boy. <laughs> and it's just Wyatt with some with some indie geek in a mask <laughs> in a headlock. Just bring it on. Bring it on. A, a crow applies a headlock to yeah, Uncle yeah. Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the fiend gets ready for the hot tag. Yeah, I'm here for this. This is awesome. Um, right, I've written down Carl Anderson lol. Um, <laughs> I, I guess we can fly through this one. Uh, so this is a weird, weird story, and this is a weird podcast, so that's why it's on it. It's not the biggest story of the week, but whatever. So Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows come back to WWE last week. Great smashing grand. Um, but... The next day, New Japan Pro Wrestling announces Carl Anderson to defend his never openweight championship, which he still held at the time, and he still does, at the time of re-signing with WWE for the 5th of November against Hiku Leo. This week, WWE announces Carl Anderson will be wrestling at Crown Jewel on the 5th of November. You cannot get from Osaka, Japan to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia in that time without the advent of teleportation. So... We had these reports about how Carl and and, and, and Luke were going to work New Japan through Wrestle Kingdom, which is on the 4th of January, despite their WWE deals. Yesterday, Anderson uploaded a, a video saying that he wasn't going to be at the New Japan show because uh, New Japan did not run the booking by his booking agent, uh, Luke Gallows. Um, <laughs> so he's obviously making light of things a little bit. Today, Tokyo Sports have published an article with a quote from New Japan president, Kami Obari, saying that he is angry because Anderson has transferred the blame from, for the situation, for the double booking, over to New Japan. Um, my question, gentlemen, who's getting worked here? New Japan, certainly not WWE, or literally the entire world? Because I think this whole thing is an elaborate scheme. Uh, Tokyo Sports do this kind of stuff all the time with New Japan. I'm not convinced at all that New Japan would make that booking without first ensuring that his contracted promotion had freed him up. What do you guys think? And could he actually have teleported to <laughs> Riyadh? I'll keep this brief and hand over to Phil very quickly because I addressed this on the news, which of course you can just watch on YouTube if you like. <laughs> Never miss a plug. I think we get more money that way, so do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, please do that. <laughs> hey, this is by the podcast, we the... F- Ones, mate, so don't talk about our fucking <laughs> contribution 
should do this company. We are the top charting podcast wrestling related in this country. Certainly in this room. In the country. <laughs> I'm in, only joking. In the country. Ultimately, New Japan Pro Wrestling can't be seen to be inept or lesser than WWE, even though that is the reality globally of the situation. So they've just put their heads together and thought, right, let's put the heat on Carl Anderson. Put him out there is this sort of renegade who got double booked and chose WWE and then some New Japan savior can swoop in, dethrone Carl Anderson prior to or at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And then that's that. Just siphon the heat onto him, he'll take it. That's the, the story here, is it not? The Good Brothers, if They're they the are anything, they are massive agents of chaos. Yes. Like, they do not care about what goes on in terms of sharing behind the scenes secrets about their contracts on what culture podcasts to uh, just like <laughs> anything that anybody says about them at any point. They'd be fine with any heat going on them or anything being chucked around anywhere. They, they genuinely don't care about this at all. Yes. So I imagine it's just a setup and they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Do whatever. Who cares? Yeah. We're getting paid. We've got a big <laughs> yeah, money contract. Exactly. We're hanging out with Uncle Allen on the road. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> Bud's back. It's kind of a genius bit as well because there's tribalistic fans of every single promotion. So if you're going to do the gimmick of, oh, I kind of hate where I'm working, you're instantly going to be a heel to a vast majority of that audience. Yeah. So go for it. Yeah, why not? Get paid, Carl Anderson. Uh, come to think of it, circling back. If you do want to watch, consume that news story, the best way to do it, start the YouTube video, put it on mute, play the podcast at the same time so the audio lines up with our mouths. Then we get paid twice. Yes, <laughs> perfect. I will say about the New Japan thing, um, when like Daniel Bryan was negotiating his exit from WWE, he said on Renee's podcast, I think, about how they were talking to uh, New Japan, trying to get things lined up so he could work them both, but nothing could ever get figured out. Who knew that the one person <laughs> that could actually get the yeah, no. relationship <laughs> figured out between WWE and New Japan was Luke Gallows. Carl, Luke Gallows. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Dangly and Bright Lights. <laughs> they're, hell, they're, they're awesome. They're awesome. Um, yeah. Shout outs to the Bald Brothers. Great representatives of the community. Right, we'll wrap this thing up and we'll take it to, what is it? It's it's time for a... Bonus! Yep, Good joke, good joke. Uh, no, actually. Bloody good quiz. Hey, there we go. Right, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. Uh, fortunately, we have Phil. So. Hey, so yeah, I've taken over the quiz for today. Uh, and I will tell the full story because I was sat here today at work uh, Merrily just creating another Fiend quiz because I enjoyed the last one so much. Uh, got through all of the, beat, the the songs, sorted them all out, and then I came up with a completely new idea and did a whole nother quiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to save the Fiend thing probably for next week because it's Halloween, I guess. Ooh. So we'll have something for next week as well. Point. Uh, but this week, in honor of the genuinely incredible 44 days that Liz Truss has spent in, <laughs> WWE, in, uh, in WWE, in the UK government as our prime minister. Uh, and yeah, getting ousted after 44 days, only what she deserves. I have decided to do a theme songs in 44 seconds quiz. So I've taken a bunch of wrestling theme songs from all over the place and retimed them way, way down so they fit in exactly 44 <laughs> oh, seconds. I guess. Oh, my God. And you two have to guess what they are. Wow. Uh, you'll be absolutely screwed if you've shortened Malachi Black's EW. <laughs> this is like nine minutes. <laughs> Let's see what this sounds like. This sounds fun. So here we go. I'm going to hope this works a little bit better than the theme quiz last time. <laughs> right. Sorry, everyone in headphones. I absolutely probably destroyed your ears. Uh, so normal will supply. Shout out your name if you know. 
uh, and I will pause the thing, and it's just for fun, etc., etc., etc. So, question number one. I might just turn this up a little bit so you can hear. Ooh, there we go. Okay, question one. Cult of personality, CM Punk. It is cult of personality. It sounds like Fallout Boy. Like the vocal sounds like Patrick Stump. There you go. I know the vocalist from Fallout Boy. Pete Wentz. Yeah, let's go. That fits together. Yeah, that fits together. It's nice. I like it. Alrighty. What great idea. (laughs) One nil to Michael Sidgwick. Uh, so here we go. Question number two. Andy. What's her face? Uh, Nikki Bella. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you can look, but you cannot touch. That's what I was trying to sing. The, the rest of it. Here we go. Let's have a little, little bit more. Classic theme. Classic theme. <laughs> An old timer. <laughs> all right, one all. Going into question number three. Here we go. It's a trick. Johnny Gargano, this rebel heart. Yeah, it is. I cannot get Johnny Gargano in there. Let's have a little bit more. Rebel. Wow. It's a bright course. It's all over the place. I love it. Cool. Right. Question Literally the only thing you've ever liked about Johnny Gargano. <laughs> ah, I like DIY. And then DIY ended. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. Anyway. <laughs> Question number four. God damn it. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> Three, two, two, one. Two, one. It's Michael Zedrick. Andy. Is this Mick Foley? <laughs> yeah, but which version of Mick Foley? Oh, my goodness. Uh, 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 it's not... Mankind. It is mankind. Yes. yes. Really what the fuck is Jack? No, it's not. The DI card. I always thought it sounded a bit like it sped up guitar. Yeah. There they go. That's my cat's Jack. To all uh, in our big list, quest, list trust is a loser quiz. <laughs> uh, question number five. Andy, it's uh, Naomi. That is Naomi. I was like, what's the fastest theme song? I yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, it's Nathan Barley music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm not, not into it. Wokeculture.com. There you go. <laughs> Uh, three, two. Going into question number six. Here we go. Question six. Citric. Rio. Yes, yes. The best theme song oh, in please, all please, of AEW. Back this week as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Shredded. I love her theme song so much. It's absolutely incredible. The Reho memes this week were popping when those yeah, ratings yeah. came out. Tremendous as always. Great stuff. Three all. Same. Exciting stuff. Going into question number seven. Is this X Factor? It is not. Oh, damn. <laughs> I keep it going. That would have been good. <laughs>
Stone. Seamus. Yeah. <laughs> Too many lines. Is that all square? That is 4-3 to Cedric. Oh, very oh, nice. Oh, baby. Uh, there is a tiebreaker as well, so. We'll do that anyway, won't we? Yeah. So, like, like question five. number eight. What on earth is this? Corporate ministry? It is not the corporate ministry. Corporate ministry is a banger, by the Andy. <laughs> is this Seth Rollins? It's not Seth Rollins. It, it didn't sound anything like it, but there was a loud bit and then a... Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it is... Christian! Oh, Christian! Uh, <laughs> Lasty's on his own. He is? Uh, He's got a three. Still, oh, to Sidgwick. What number are we on? We are on question nine. So Very two nice. to go. All to play for. Very nice. As we go into question number nine. Here we go. Andy. Uh, oh, God. I, I can hear the song. And why did I say my name? Because I've forgotten what it is. <laughs> you can't play anymore. Can't play um, anymore. No, you can't. Those are the rules. You've Those shouted. are the rules. Oh, I, I forgot who it is. I know who it is. And I forgot who it is. Uh... A pass. <laughs> <laughs> For the W, Sidgwick, Bailey. It is. I didn't even want to listen to any more of it. Yeah. 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 I can say AJ Lee for some reason. So <laughs> 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 uh, NXT UK. Uh, yeah, the NXT UK tour. Not the <laughs> yeah. NXT UK yes. Tour. The NXT tour of the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tell me that time you saw Wolfgang at Butlins wasn't popping. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I saw Wolfgang at the AECC in Aberdeen. They were like, hey, look at the Scottish lad in. They nice. did get him in. I think everyone, they got a bunch of Scottish people on that show. I'm pretty sure Drew was on it and Nikki Cross was on it and they all lost. It's good, good stuff. Good stuff. Hometown heroes. None of them are from Aberdeen anyway. Get lost. <laughs> That does make it 5-3 to Michael Cedric, the winner of today's quiz. But just for fun, we'll do the other ones. Still two left. There you go. That's the thing. There you go. That's the prize. New bike. So, question number 10. Just for fun. As you say. Andy. It's too cool. It is too cool. <laughs> That's a draw now. Classic. So it's uh, a 5-4 draw. I'd yeah. listen to the rest of it. Here we go. Yes, it does. Or told you I'm an Earl. <laughs> and the last one, just for fun, because why the hell not? That's <laughs> uh, Metalingus. It is. You, think you know me. What'd you like better, Metalingus or the weird one they use for the Judgment Day? We are the other side. I like I think I prefer how on the nose the the heel sting is. Mm, yeah. Just basically, I am a heel now. <laughs> <laughs> you think you know me? <laughs> you <laughs> never did. <laughs> Edge. Edge is a lot, isn't he? It's too much of anything. He really is. There and that go. concludes the Liz Trust is a massive loser. Went in 44 days quiz. 
Liz. Hey, sorry, Liz, but you gave us a good quiz, so <laughs> better than your run on top. In the words of the notorious B.I.G., her run on the top was short like leprechauns. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> great, great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, right, how do we how do we finish this? There's an outro song. There Ready is. Press the button. There is. I was going to do a gimmick where I pretend to press the wrong button, but the one my finger went for immediately is the right one. So there you go. I'm doing, there it is. That's the song. It's a bit loud. Yep. All right, what do we do now? You end the podcast. I right, said we can do that. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate you taking time out of your day. If you want to follow us all on Twitter for more engagement, uh, you can follow um, us all at WhatCultureWWE. Whilst you're there, you can follow Phil Chambers at PhilMyChambers. And you can follow Andy at... You can't follow me anywhere because I'm deleting my account after this. You can follow me at Evan Once again, thank you so much for joining us. We should have a... Uh, more podcasts next week because it's the weekend imminently but again <laughs> these are just total legends for supporting our cause and uh, yeah enjoy your weekend whatever you're doing as long as it's nothing bad and thank you very much and we will see you soon we've got 20 seconds left oh wow okay Keep what are we going to do we're going to ride it out somebody want to drop some bars over this nope definitely no. not um, 12 seconds well we've only got 12 anything else to add go subscribe to YouTube where's the line yes Mm. Wrestling. Uh, studio audience. It is. It is. We finally heard it. Then finally wrestling. heard it. And then wrestling. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.